You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. It's time for the Dragon Con Report, a podcast dedicated to help newcomers and veterans prepare for the upcoming annual convention in downtown Atlanta. With interviews, advice, and news from the pros and fans alike, be careful, you never know. You might actually learn something. Howdy, everyone, and welcome to the second episode of the 2020 Dragon Con Report. The countdown continues. We're in the second month of the year. It's hard to believe that it's already mid-February. Uh, I'm your host, Mike Gordon. I'm pleased to introduce you to the rest of our station crew. Of course, we have Director Mike Faber here with us. I could say howdy, but that's your line. So I'm just going to say, hey, everyone, it's time for the Dragon Con Report. There you go. There you go. That's, uh, that's uh, yes, thank you for, uh, you know, although every time someone says that, I get a nickel. So feel free to say it as much as you like. We also have Darren Noel back with us. Hi, everybody. How you doing? Howdy, sir. I'm losing out. Um, Are you? I am. I am. How's it going? It goes. It goes. It's a, it's a very uh, wet February. Yes. Yes, it is. It's very uh, moist out. Very, that's, that's true. Um, and uh, hopefully that stops before Dragon Con. <laughs> before Dragon Con, maybe. Yes, hopefully it gets it all out of its system before then, right? Um, Next year, Dragon Con will be in an arc. That's all we have to say. <laughs> uh, we also have with us Dan Carroll. Dan, thanks for joining us. Hey, hey, uh, hi. Now, Dan, um, forgive me, but uh, what is your official title now? I am the Media Engagement Director of Dragon Con. And so now here you are engaging us media, right? Absolutely. And my job is to find reporters and see if they will marry me. <laughs> Okay, that's uh, that's really that the job fun, description, folks. That is not my job. Let, let me go ahead and, and clarify what my job is to talk to folks like you who are reporters, find new reporters to talk to, and um, do a lot of what's called schmoozing. But most importantly, spread the joy that is Dragon Con everywhere I can. Awesome. That is an awesome job to have. Um, and, and you've been, you've been associated with the convention for quite some time now. Is it been like, is it over? It's over a decade, right? It is. I, I have been the, uh, I've been a volunteer at Dragon Con since two, 20, 2006, 2006. And uh, since 20, 2009, I, I, I forget that before 2010, you just say 2000. Uh, 2009, I became the DragonCon Media Relations Director, uh, a position I held up until last year when I got bumped up the food chain a little bit. Uh, Sam Urbatis Douglas, my second, has moved into the Media Relations uh, Directorship, and she handles the processing of reporters to support on the ground. She manages the staff at the convention, and my job is to work with the reporters, as I said, do interviews, um, answer their questions about the convention itself, and to um, build those relationships that help us at DragonCon get the word out about how amazing DragonCon is. And uh, that's what we like to do as well, and we are glad to have you with us. We, I'm sure we'll have a, lots of questions for you as the, uh, as the show goes on tonight. Um, also joining us tonight will be Kim and Sue from the DragonCon Newbies Group, and we're also going to check 
Kavura about her time at DragonCon. We are a proud member of the ESO Network. Be sure to check out the Amazon link at the top of the ESONetwork.com site. It doesn't cost you any more to purchase your stuff, and it really does help us out a lot. Uh, we also have a Tee Public store filled with all kinds of cool designs. There's a link for that at the top of the ESO Network page as well. And the ESO Network now has a Patreon page uh, where we have all sorts of exclusive stuff for patrons. In fact, I have been recording a, a series of reviews with uh, Ashley Pauls uh, that's exclusive to the patrons. Mike, what else we got going on with the for our patrons? Anything else exciting? For as little as 25 cents a week, you too can become a patron of the ESO Network. All you have to do is go to patreon.com slash ESO Network. And Not we too thank bad. you, thank you so much for any support you can give us. Oh, exactly. And one of the other bonuses you get for being a patron, you get the show forty-eight hours before the rest of the world does. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. So you can criticize us earlier than a lot of people. Oh, and, and they do. Oh, trust me, <laughs> they do. Well, the other big news, though, of course, that you haven't mentioned is that you know you can now find the DragonCon report on almost every one of your favorite social media players you know that you have for podcasts and for you know where you could view us and such so now we're on iHeartRadio, we're on stitcher we're on spotify we're on radio one we are you know almost everywhere of course apple and google and all you have to do is now type in dragon con report you don't have to go like dragon con con report anymore just type dragon con report or you could go to dragonconreport.com and you can listen to our shows now dating all the way back to 2014 yes thank you i'm checking that off my list now i do have it that uh i'm really excited that uh, that was exciting news that we got a little bit a couple weeks ago that we are now available on iHeartRadio. um that's very awesome thank you for all your work in doing that um and and for those people um you know i know it's been uh, a challenge for some uh listeners uh, long-time listeners to find us uh because we were known as the dragon con con report and we've removed the con uh, we finally booted con out of uh the station and now it's just the Dragon Con report. And uh, some folks have reached out to us and said that they've had a little difficulty finding us. So we do apologize for that confusion. Uh, for those people who are listening to us, feel free to share the link, share uh, the fact that uh, you're listening, because that does help other people find us. And and we really do appreciate that. A lot. Exactly. And I know a lot of people out there used to listen to us through the Earth Station One link and the feed there. And We've broken off completely from Earth Station One, yeah. almost like mom and dad getting a divorce. But you know, we still love each other. <laughs> we we're part of we're still part of the ESO network, uh, but we do have our own website, uh, thedragonconreport.com, which you can go to and listen to past episodes as well. So if this is your first time listening to us, you can easily go back and listen to last month's episode and uh, a lot of the other past ones we've done throughout the past few years. And if you would like to leave feedback or comment on the show, please let us know. You can email us at dragonconreport at esonetwork.com. So now, without further ado, let's get started with some news. There's not a ton of news, but I did want to mention a couple things. One is that uh, I did see a link today, or announcement today, that the nominations will soon be open for the 2020 Dragon Awards. So uh, you want to make sure you're registered to vote. You can register right now. Uh, in order to vote on and and nominate uh, folks that you feel deserve uh, attention, nominations, or the award itself. So uh, please feel free to follow that link. It's at uh, dragoncon.org slash awards. We'll have a link to that in the show notes. 
Um, another thing I wanted to point out too is that yes, uh, as we mentioned last week, memberships have gone up a little bit in price. Uh, they are now $115 for the five day, uh, five days of Dragon Con. So uh, reach out. It, they're only going to get a little bit more and more every t- as you get closer. So if you're thinking about going, if you're pretty sure you're going to go, you know, get those tickets now. Um, they uh, they make great. Well, I was going to say they make great pal- uh, Valentine, late, belated Valentine gift. I guess so. Um, so yes, uh, feel free on that. And uh, the other thing I wanted to point out too is that um, uh, one thing that we didn't mention in the last one, we didn't get a chance to, uh, unfortunately. But I wanted to uh, draw attention to it this month because a couple weeks ago, uh, the first. Dragon Con Superheroes event of the year was held, um, and it was held at uh, Open Hand Atlanta, and um, they they had some goals that they met. Uh, an amazing amount of, of volunteers showed up. Uh, they packed over uh, 2,000, actually almost 2,500 client meals, uh, drove 22 routes, uh, delivered 176 client, to 176 clients, uh, totaling 528 meals. Uh, they put together 125 market baskets. They packed a 1700, over 1,700 meals into bags, assembled four desks, two cabinets, and hundreds of Valentines were handcrafted by youth volunteers. Uh, that's, a, that's a ton of work that uh, these folks did. That's why they're called Dragon Con Superheroes. Uh, Dan, I, you have, I understand you have a little bit more information about the superhero program. Is that correct? Sure. Uh, my information is of a different nature. I noticed you had a lot of numbers, a lot of figures. I, I'm going to tell everybody that it's just amazing to be part of. It's a lot of fun. And man, it makes a difference. I was one of those route drivers. Uh, it was assigned to a brand new uh, Dragon Con superhero. She had never, she'd been to Dragon Con one time. She had never volunteered for anything else before Dragon Con. Um, and she uh, she was my delivery person, and we drove around Decatur in the snow. Oh, in that's right! It was snow. snowing, right? It was yeah. snowing that day. And and there was <laughs> over 140 people from Dragon Con there, and they got us all out for a picture. When we got out, it was bone dry. And by the time we were done taking uh, our our group photo, we all had snow on our shoulders. And it was just so much fun. But I think I think the thing that from that morning that really stuck with me was when we hit our first client. I walked with the young lady to the door because, um, you know, you never know what's going on. And, and you, you want to make sure you work in pairs, just like going swimming in Amity. Long Island. You want to make sure that when you go in the water, you have a buddy with you. So we walked to that door and she, um, man, uh, the woman said to us as we were leaving, the work you're doing is important because you're keeping me out of a nursing home. Mm. And that's what open hand is all about. It started, I don't know if you know this, but it started with one guy cooking for his friends who had AIDS and had no family. So uh, I think it was nine nine friends of his. He just started cooking meals and preparing them and uh, delivering to his friends. And he realized that this was a legitimate need and drove forward. And 
man, you just heard one one weekend the Dragon superheroes got to do. So if you're looking for something good to do, even if it's not with Dragon, go go look up Open Hand and see if they can use a hand. And also, Dragon superheroes have more events coming up. We haven't announced what they are yet, but but hang on, they're going to be cool stuff. Uh, everything uh, in the past I've worked on from the walk for uh, lupus uh, to cleaning up parks and uh, both parks in Piedmont Park, the dog park there, uh, Sweetwater Creek. Uh, and also um, they do a lot of work with the charity that that packs together school supplies for those underprivileged children who may not have school supplies at the beginning of the school year. So great stuff going on there. And uh, I, I want to plug DragonCon's big charity because this is the earliest we've ever announced our charity for the year. Can I do that, guys? Absolutely. Okay. So the charity this year is Big Brothers Big Sisters. It's a charity that I have actively been involved with in the past. I have been a big brother. Uh, my little butter, my little butter. No, my little <laughs> buddy, uh, brother, my little brother, Ben, uh, recently reached out to me to let me know he's 20 years old, living in, in Brooklyn. He is uh, working at a comedy club and uh, that the time that he had with me was still very meaningful for him. Not surprisingly, they teamed us up because he was a big nerd and he was kind of in a tough neighborhood and nerdiness was not appreciated. So uh, I was able to let him know that being a nerd is cool and most importantly, be your own person. And that's what big brothers, big sisters do. They, they, they match grownups to mentor uh, littles and they call them bigs and littles. And uh, it's just an incredible relationship that gets built. Um, so I'm really happy DragonCon has chosen this and, and we're already getting involved uh, in terms of how we're going to promote this and, and what type of amazing events we're going to have at DragonCon to both raise money and raise awareness. It is one of the things that I think, uh, you know, certainly uh, over the last, I think, especially five or six years, DragonCon's really been uh, amazing at, which is giving back to the community. I mean, I know they were doing it uh, before that, but it seems like over the last, it's been uh, like maybe over the last uh, five, six years, it's been more of a priority and, and it's just been amazing the, uh, the results that they've gotten. Well, that $50,000 matching fund, which I, I believe is now a $100,000 matching fund, uh, has made a big difference. So that this year, if we raise one, last year we raised $144,000 for the American Heart Association uh, in memory of, of our good friend, Tom Trainer. I, I think you, you guys knew Tom. Oh, yes. uh, he was our comics and pop art alley guru. He, he created that from from almost nothing to the world-class comic and pop art alley it is today. And uh, uh, Tom and I, uh, we've known each other for years, but it was, it was only in, in the last year before his death, we became regular lunch companions two, three, four times a month. Um, and uh, so it, it, losing Tom 
took something away from the convention. Um, but uh, what he left behind that legacy, we're, we're striving to protect it both with raising money for the American Heart Association, but also going out there uh, and making sure that we provide the best entertainment value in our comic and pop art out. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and Dan, since you have the floor now, uh, you mentioned that you wanted to talk a little bit more in detail about um, um, media badges and sure. uh, Dragon Con's relationship with the press and media. Um, yeah. Can, do, please do continue. Absolutely. But first I want to point out something I noticed. I have never known how to pronounce Darren's name. Darren, you're still with us, right? Oh yeah, I'm here. And and now that I know, I think you and you and I <laughs> should do a Christmas themed podcast uh, of Noel and Carol. Not the first time I've heard Christmas themed jokes near me. It's true. Wow. Why have why? why yeah, have no, no. I not but thought of that before. I, I my name never gets jokes. I, I get no jokes about my last name until December 5th, and then I get 20 days of it, and then it disappears. Lucky you, I get 365. Uh, <laughs> it, okay. It's actually the British spelling of Noel from France, and it means he who brings in the Christmas wood. That is fascinating. My name means slaughter. Oh, Nice. <laughs> For years, I had been told it was a Anglo, a, a Gaelic version of Charles, which means manly. Dan, you've been falling down the job because there's more people than ever at Dragon Con. So, beg your pardon. Slaughter, get it? Slaughter. Oh no, no, no! Yeah, well, no, I'm killing it. <laughs> oh yeah, you're killing it. You're killing it there. It's true. It's true. I'm killing it. But let's talk about stuff. So, for those people who listen to this, and many of the people who do listen to this are members of the media, either podcasters or reporters. Uh, March 15th is our sign-up date for members of the media. And and remember, if you're a guest at DragonCon or you're attending professional, you do not apply for media. You just let us know that you would like to be treated as media, and we can do that. But we're not giving you a media badge. Um, and if we find a name on both lists, the media badge is the one that's going to go away. So you can continue having a guest badge or a uh, attending professional badge. Uh, secondly, if you had been approved and came to Dragon Con last year to take uh, to be a reporter and you have not yet provided your coverage for last year, you will not be approved as a reporter for this year. Um, as Dragon Con grows, the standards we have to apply for reporters get even stronger. And that also, we use this, we'll use the same criteria with members of the tending professionals and the members of the, um, of the guest squad. Is that a term they use at Dragon Con? Guest squad? Um, yeah. But the guests. So, and, and there's some, some things that we remind people every year and they forget, which is, you're not going to like this one, guys. You're allowed to rebroadcast up to 10 minutes of any Dragon Con panel. And you're not allowed to rebroadcast or represent more than 10 minutes of any panel at Dragon Con. 
Um, the, the exception would be is if the panel is in the podcasting track. But if you're recording a panel in another track or you're going to a panel that you're watching, the limit is nine minutes. We're not going to penalize anybody who's, who's doing this already. And the other thing is because of the contracts we have with our distribution for, uh, for DC TV streaming, Womp, womp. This is this is rough, but you you can't put Dragon Con panels, any panel that somebody saw with the Dragon Con badge behind a paywall. So uh, those are some things. The other thing we're going to be doing, which is um, making sure that the reporters who come to Dragon Con get more direct support and have people help them as much as possible and sit down with them and talk to them more than we've done in the past. And that is the purpose of my department, which features not just me, but ESO regular Mary Lou Who, um, who goes by a different name at Dragon Con. She does not go by Mary Lou Who, uh, who is my assistant director for media engagement. Uh, and we're going we're gonna to be doing everything we can, especially if, if you have like a large outlet we're going to be able to hook you up um, with somebody who might be able to walk you through, walk you around, help you out. Um, we will not, just to let you know, I don't know if you've ever asked for this, guys, we will not be able to close the doors for five minutes on Saturday afternoon just so you can get a really good establishing shot with a camera of doors at Dragon Con where thousands of people come through every hour. So those are some announcements we have. Uh, listen to the DragonCon podcast. It's a lot of fun. So um, you guys said you had questions. What you got for me? Well, uh, that's, a, that's a lot. So, um, yeah, we, interesting. Um, but it looks like, I mean, a lot of that seems really fair and, and, and organized. So, uh, but I imagine that, um, you know, certainly the, the question about the recording of panels um, uh, I'm sure that's going to be distributed through all the panel rooms now, right? Because I know that that happens with a lot of panels. We we are actually a lot of um, tracks, right? We are we are establishing uh, guidelines to make sure. For instance, um, if you if you are doing something and you've got the approval and, and the sponsorship of of a track director, because that goes a long way. If we get something in writing from a track director, that goes a long way. Mm. Um, we can work with you. And, and again, podcasting, anything in the podcasting track is definitely taken care of. But uh, let's say you went into DragonCon has a brand new, uh, a brand new U.S. foreign policy track. And you go in to do a panel about, uh, uh, about the ramifications of, of the battle for Veracruz panel. And I'm picking something that has nothing to do with science fiction or fantasy on this one. Um, and our track director is Woodrow Wilson Smith, named after the original Woodrow Wilson. So he's got a vested interest in talking about the Battle of Veracruz. So he uh, he can work with us. Uh, but uh, the one thing that we're going to be seeing definitely uh, in terms of the policies. Uh, and the distribution. Now, the 10-minute rule has always been shared with every reporter. 
In fact, they have to initial that they understand it before they can get their badge. And um, we, uh, we have an annoying habit. If you've never picked up a media relations badge, we have a very annoying habit, which is we read every requirement to come back as a reporter next year to you aloud. And if you ask us to stop, we will tell you no, and then we will keep going. Um, and so that 10 minute rules, that, that's three, four years old, but, um, but we're, we're, we're going to make sure that working with the podcasting track and working with the other track directors that this, this information will all be shared. And there's going to be ways around it. Uh, you know, just make sure that everybody who is on your, your panel knows well before the panel, um, uh, is, it convenes, you know, if, if you're go- going to a 12 o'clock on Saturday panel, the folks should know before Wednesday of Dragon Con that that is going to be a podcast uh, potential. But, um, but you know, unfortunately, the, 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 the paid, putting Dragon Con content behind a paid, paid wall is, is that is not going to be, um, and, and, and we're going to make sure that's pop, promulgated so nobody has any confusion about it next year. Yeah, I guess I was just uh, wanted to make sure that that was clear because a lot of people who are doing podcasts, who are doing panels, don't necessarily have to have a guest badge, attending pro badge, or even a media badge. So, um, so a lot of I know a lot of panelists uh, who who record um, are are just attendees that are on panels. Sure, so we just and- want to make sure that that's that's really laid out for yeah. them as well. Things changed a lot with the streaming in terms of what we what we can do sure. uh, unfortunately um you know we've got commitments in place uh you know we we've got to we, we've got to look at that but we will definitely not just mention it here we will promulgate that and let everyone know as much as we can absolutely and we'll and, do what and, we can too to make sure that excellent yeah yeah no and what, one of the things i know is that the, a lot of people who listen to you are are the podcasters and reporters here in Atlanta and beyond and beyond. So, yes. Well, um, so, well, very cool. Thanks for that information. And certainly if uh, more questions come up, um, certainly you can send them to Dan. You can send them. Where should they send them, Dan? Where should, where should Dan Carroll at media relations. Okay. No, no, I'm no longer media relations at (laughs) drawingcon.org. I've been doing this for nine years saying this. What's the proper email address? Dan Carroll at dragoncon.org. Okay. Or you can contact Sam at media relations at dragoncon.org. And, and the chances are actually Sam is a better choice than I am. So that media relations uh, at dragoncon.org is a better email, but you know what? Protect yourself. Send it to both of us. One of us will, (laughs) <laughs> we'll we'll, we'll uh, listen to uh, or not listen to. We'll hear the ding and open up the email and respond to you. Uh, and we're pretty good. We have a four hour uh, our statement, uh, our service level agreement with ourselves is that no email goes more than four hours uh, without being addressed. So awesome. Uh, there's great service. We appreciate that as well. Um, and very cool. Well, thanks for that. 
And now we finally do have some guests to announce, uh, I'm pleased to say. So, um, yeah, get your uh, drinks ready, um, because now Mike and Darren are going to read off the list of uh, announced guests so far. Exactly. And we're going to start at the bottom of our list. And this is going back, you know, Dragon Con last time we were talking about it, didn't have a list yet. They got us this time. Oh, did they get us? <laughs> so we are going to be reading you a nice little list, and you'll see some very familiar names on this one. This is true. Darren, you want to start at the bottom of the list? I will start at the bottom of the list, sir. Michael George Williams writes award-winning stories full of macabre humor and subverted expectations. The Withrow Chronicles, Servant and Sovereign, and A Fall in Autumn. Dave West is the subject of the award-winning documentary, Troublemaker. As the owner and operator of the NeedlessThingsSite.com, he has been providing commentary on pop culture dorkery for over a decade. Stephen F. Taylor, a.k.a. the Tattooed Santa, is the owner of Lone Wolf Armory. He has been making armor, leather, chain mail, scale mail, and props for 15 years. Kimber Swain began publishing in 2017. Her Fairy Tales of a Trailer Park Queen series is a favorite among urban fantasy readers. She currently has 25 published novels. Tamson L. Silver is the author of Mark of the Necromancer, The Windfire series, Scourge of Souls series, Moon Over Manhattan, and a web series novel trio, Sky of the Damned. R. Alan Seiler is an author, editor, and the owner of Cosmic Press LLC. His published works include nonfiction books, essays on numerous topics, and televisions, movies, and music reviews. Madeline Rue is the New York Times bestselling author of the Asylum series, House of Furies, Salvaged, and the upcoming World of Warcraft book, The Shining Blade. Robert W. Ross is the author of the award-winning Sentinels of Creation urban fantasy series. This year, he debuts a new sci-fi series, Peregrine. Rob Roberts is an internet broadcasting veteran and co-creator of Orange Lounge Radio. He is also a host of cult cinema screenings and variety shows throughout Northern California. James Palmer is an award-winning nominated writer of science fiction and pulp adventures and author of four books in the Shadow Council Archive series of Falstaff Books. Amy J. Murphy writes epic sci-fi adventures with kick-ass heroines, power armor, and lots of explosions. Books in her Allies and Enemies series have been Dragon Award finalists. Bill Milligan works as a special effect technician, writer, director, actor, and producer. He is a contributing writer to Gruesome Magazine and Decades of Horror podcast. An author of more than 30 titles across four genres, Terry Maggart is an international bestseller who writes about witches, space warfare, and everything in between. And Margaret Lewis is the author of the Kizan Trilogy and a former Star Wars tie-in author. She is also a professional singer and theatrical director. Rob Levy is a pop culture writer, podcaster, and blogger who has been published in several books and appears on several podcasts, including Weekend Justice for NeedCoffee.com. Dr. Alaron Kong, author of the international bestseller series The Land, which has sold over 1 million copies worldwide and was voted Audible's customer favorite. Sue Kaisenweather has been podcasting about sci-fi TV and movies since 2010. Currently, she co-hosts Women at Warp on the Roddenberry Podcast Network. And you're going to hear her on the show in just a little bit. A Webster Award-winning and three-time Dragon Award finalist, 
Chris Kennedy is an author, speaker, and small press publisher who has written over 25 books and published more than 100 others. Stuart Jaffe is the madman behind the Max Porter Paranormal Mysteries, the Nathan K. Thrillers, the Parallel Society series, the Waterblade series, upcoming from Falstaff Books, and more. Kristen Jackson is an accomplished print digital designer working in the film industry as an artist, set photographer, and social media manager. She is the director of communications and graphic designer for Frostbite Pictures. Tony P. Henderson is a podcaster and moderator known for the Tony P. Oddcast and the Geek V's podcast. Henderson's moderating work was featured in a BET Black Nerd Culture segment. Rachel Graves, writer, scary, sexy mysteries. Her books include Under a Blood Moon, Fire in Her Blood, Blood Dirt, and Lies, and Mermaid and the Murders. From humble beginnings as an Atlanta student interning at Adult Swim to now Marvel Animation's in-house casting director, Amanda Goodbread has spent over a decade in animation and voiceover. Tina Glasnick is a USA Today best-selling author and enjoys creating stories that combine history, fantasy, and Norse gods. One day she hopes to travel to Asgard. A forensic anthropologist by training, but a science communicator by passion, Emily Fink has spent the last the past 20 years teaching in museums, nature centers, pubs, conventions, and more. Michael Faulkner is a writer and a podcaster at Creative Criticality. He is the author of the Timestamps Project and also one of the leaders for Dragon Con Newbies. Kevin Eldridge produces and hosts the Flopcast, a pop culture comedy podcast. He is a published science fiction author, an organizer and host of Skeptic Events, and a comedy musician. And he has a real fascination with chickens, which is kind of strange. Sydney Duncan, and we do love him. Sydney Duncan is a writer of Dark Horse Comics' Kill Whitey Donovan. She's the author of the critically acclaimed young adult novel series, The Revelation Saga, from Medallion Press. A 2019 Dragon Award finalist, Jason Cordova, is known for his contributions to the Four Horsemen universe. He has also contributed to the best-selling anthology, Black Tide Rising. Tara A. Burton is a social media strategist and co author of the Socially Engaged, The Author's Guide to Social Media, and the creator of the Geeky Side and Geek Meets Social podcast. Bethany Brookshire is a PhD neuroscientist, science writer, and podcaster. She's written for Slate, The Guardians, and Scientific American, and hosts the podcast Science for the People. David Boop's debut novel is a sci-fi noir, She Murdered Me with Science. He published across genres, including media tie-ins for Predator, Green Hornet, and Veronica Mars. Jennifer Blackstream is a best-selling author. She has made a writing career out of watching Miss Fisher's Murder Mysteries and from researching into mythology and fairy tales. Alexa Black got her start in the film industry as a seamstress and tailor, creating costumes for Productions like Venom, Stranger Things, Doom Patrol, and Pride and Prejudice. Michael R. Bailey has been podcasting since 2007 and currently runs the Fortress of Bailey Tude Podcasting Network. He currently co-hosts WGBS Live for the homepage. Kevin Bouchelder has been podcasting about genre TV and movies since 2005. Along with speaking on multiple panels at DragonCon, he also leads the DragonCon Newbies Group. Stephen Adams is the host of the long-running comedy podcast Horseshoes and Hand Grenades and founder of the Two Dorks Network of Podcasts and Livestreams. Timothy Zahn is the author of 13 Star Wars books and the Cobra Quadrille and Dragonback series. Recent books include Star Wars Thawne Treason and Sybil's War II Night, 
Upcoming books include Star Wars Thawne's Ascendance, Book One, and Sybil's War Three, Queen. John D. Wheeland is a voice actor, podcast producer, host, auditor, audio editor, and game developer. He publishes his own podcast series under the Wasted Knowledge name. Dr. Scott Figuet is an archaeologist, novelist, actor, and consultant for the National Science Academy's Science and Entertainment Exchange. He writes espionage, science fiction, and fantasy novels. He is the creator of Dr. Geep's Laboratory, a STEM outreach series, and creator of Dr. Geep's Science Fair. Debbie Vigay is the New York Times bestselling author of 60 novels, including the Wicked series, co-authored with Nancy Holder. She's a screenwriter and a staff writer for several audio shows. She's also an actress working in indie genre films and audio dramas. Diana Petrofrond has published 13 novels for adults, teens, and kids. Her latest trilogy of young adult novels is based on the classic board game Clue and began with In the Hall with the Knife, which... Kirkus called ingenious, plotted, and vastly entertaining. Award-winning author, artist Bobby Nash is a member of the International Association of Media Tie-In Writers and International Thriller Writers. He writes novels, comic books, short fiction, and the odd short screenplay. Nash also appears in movies and TV shows, usually standing behind your favorite actor. He's our tie to Kevin Bacon, as we like to say. Mm, True. That's true. Susan M. Murphy produces the Daily Space podcast Monday through Fridays, Astronomy Cast, and the Weekly Space Hangout, and manages the Cosmo Quest, Astronomy Cast, and Weekly Space Hangout for YouTube channels. Scotty Moore is a podcaster and author. He owns and operates the BS Network series of podcasts where he hosts a load of BS, Me Again, Fight Boys, and more. Morris Montcasi is a former Emmy Award-winning TV producer, currently video game writer and author for Disney Books. She's published more than two dozen sci-fi fantasy novels, including The Camelot Code, Gamer Girl, Scorched, and Dragon Ops. She also works as a writer for Fox Next Games. Astrophysicist Steph Lamassa works at the Space Telescope Science Institute on NASA's James Webb Space Telescope. Her research focuses on the growth and evolution of supermassive black holes. Adrilla Hurt is an African-American author, actress, playwright, and podcaster. Her most recent novel is 13, but she is also known for the Fate Circle Saga trilogy. Award-winning New York Times and USA Today bestselling fantasy author Faith Hunter has 40-plus books in print under the names Gary Hunter, Gwen Hunter, and Faith Hunter. As Faith, she writes the fantasy bestselling series, the Jane Yellow Rock series, and Soulwood series. Most recently, Audible released the Sci-Fi Junkyard Cats series. John G. Hartness is an author, publisher, and podcaster from Charlotte, North Carolina. He's the author of multiple novel series, including the award-winning Quincy Harker, Demon Hunter series. He is also the co-founder and publisher of Falstaff Books and a member of Authors and Dragons Live D&D podcast. Nicole Gugliucci, a.k.a. Noisy Astronomer, is a physics professor, education researcher, astronomer, science communicator, and all-around geek. Her passion for science education drives a number of projects. That's known for his work on role-playing and computer games, Andrew Greenberg runs the Georgia Game Developers Association and Georgia Esports League. Stacy Gordon is a puppeteer in from Phoenix, Arizona. She operates Puppet Pie, an art studio in the heart of Phoenix, and has the honor of performing one of Sesame Street's newest friends, Julia, a curious four-year-old girl with autism. 
I'm going to let you read the next one because it's kind of weird oh, for me to do goodness. that. I guess it is, isn't it? Mike Faber is the founder and CCO of the geeky and ever-expanding ESO Network. He hosts the Earth Station One and Earth Station Who podcasts. He teaches and mentors new podcasters on starting and producing new projects. The ESO Network celebrates all things sci-fi, fantasy, and much, much more. Yeah, it was just kind of weird just to read yeah, my song. Yeah, yeah I, I appreciate it. All right. Congratulations. Thank you, sir. Here, <laughs> here, here, here. <laughs> thank you, thank you. I'll drink a beer in that honor. Mm. Keith R.A. DeCondardo is the author of a tie-in fiction in more than 30 different licensed universes from Alien to Zorro, and also the author of the original fiction set in the fictional cities of Clifton and Super City and the somewhat real locales of New York and Key West. Peter David is a prolific New York Times bestselling author and self-proclaimed writer of stuff. He has written in almost all forms of prose and gained followers in each. He is the proud father of four daughters and proud grandfather of two grandsons and one granddaughter and has written one of the best Aquaman runs ever. Oh, God, yeah. Also Hulk and, you know, many others, too. Mm Mm-hmm. All right. Kathleen O'Shea David started working with puppets when she was two and over 50 years later, she is still wiggling dolls for fun and profit. Along the way, she picked up a few more skills and careers. She has done just about everything from cancer research to rock and roll. Ellie Collins is a writer, voice actor, and game master based in Atlanta. Her horror audio drama, The Blood Crow series, has spanned four seasons and numerous live shows. Freddie Clements is currently a distinguished professor of drama costume design at Jacksonville State University. He holds an MFA in costume design from Virginia Commonwealth University. He has designed costumes for various regional theaters and has extensive experience in early 20th century courtesy, kilt construction, and costume technology. R.J. Blaine is the award-winning author of the USA Today best-selling magical romantic comedy with a body count series. She writes urban fantasy and paranormal romance with a comedic flair. Bobby Blackwolf is the co-owner of the Voices of Geek Network podcast network, and he has hosted a live internet video show and podcast about video games since 2005. Beretta Baumgartner is a performer teaching artist specializing in puppetry, mask, movement. She's proud to be the education director of the world-renowned Center for Puppetry Arts in Atlanta. Smashy can be found co-hosting her podcast, Horseshoes and Hand Grenades, hitting the keys on her next writing adventure, engaging in spirit bouts of Dungeons and Dragons, or fast asleep. L.H. Nicole is a young adult fantasy author whose stories feature strong independent female leads, epic adventures, fantasy worlds, and creatures and unforgettable heroes. Thomas Marinari is a writer and host of the podcast Double Edge Double Bill, found here on the ESO Network. He is a born geek with a bit of nerd mixed in for good measure. Jessica Kupferman is the co-host and co-founder of the She Podcast brand, which currently supports over 14,000 female podcasters and has a digital marketing reach of over 50,000 content creators. An actor, improviser, and podcaster, Mike Ellison is best known for his role as Jebadola on the D&D Live Podcast Adventure Incorporated. A storyteller at heart, Stephanie Crugnola is a figure skater turned author, actress, and podcaster. She focuses on using her technical and performance background to create well-rounded, grounded characters. Andy Dykes is a real live rocket scientist who flies satellites for a living and has supported all kinds of manned and unmanned spaceflight at NASA. 
Rita Delatore, along with her husband, J.C. Delatore, is a filmmaker, screenwriter, producer, editor, and an actor for Transmissions from Atlantis Entertainment. J.C. Delatore, along with his wife, Rita, is a filmmaker, audio drama producer, screenwriter, and director from Transmissions from Atlantis Entertainment. Deja vu. I know. I see it all the time with these guys. Ah, Davey Beauchamp is an artist and librarian. His art has been used for Doctor Who, Lost, Bater- Lost Bastards Productions, Falstaff Books, and Scald Crow Games for book covers. Thomas F. Zeller is a comic creator and animated writer. He created... Webtoons, Cupid's Arrow, and Warning Labels, and IDW's Love and Capes, Long Distance, and Time and Vine. He also writes and draws for IDW's My Little Pony and Star Trek and the Ultimate Spider-Man and Knights of the Zodiac shows. Kim Stedman is a system engineer at NASA's Jet Propulsion Laboratory. Currently, she is a science system engineer for the Mars 2020 rover and the operations lead for the Sherlock instrument. She also uh, she has also worked on the Opportunity rover, Curiosity rover, and the Cassini mission. With 25 years in the animation industry, animator and artist Noel Sabi has had the opportunity to work on projects ranging from TV shows to mobile games with companies that include Cartoon Network, Warner Brothers, PBS, Disney, Mattel, and Activision. Cartoonist, comic book artist, and animator Robert Pope currently draws Peanuts for Boom Studios and Simon Spotlight and Looney Tunes for DC Comics. He has drawn Scooby-Doo, Batman, The Brave and the Bold, The Powerpuff Girls, Space Ghost Coast to Coast, Foster's Home for Imaginary Friends, Johnny Bravo, Grim Adventures, uh, Billy and Mandy, Chowder, and more. Van Allen Plexico writes award-winning novels, comic books, and stories about superheroes, space opera, military science fiction, and crime fiction. A professor and podcast host, he is the only three-time winner of Novel of the Year from the Pulp Factory Awards in Chicago. James C. Mulligan has been a Disney artist for over two decades, with properties featuring everything from the classics to recent favorite Frozen. His design, fine art, and gallery work includes Playboy, Coca-Cola, Fox, DreamWorks, Warner Brothers, The Chuck Jones Family, Marvel, DC, Lexus, and the Elvis Presley Estate. Tim Lottie, half artist, half amazing, now does graphic novels for IDW Publishing, Dark Horse Comics, Boom Studios, and UNICEF. He works on projects such as Ghostbusters, WWE, and Plants vs. Zombies, as well as his creation owned about a teenage time traveler and UFOs called Night Stars. Daniel Krauss is a New York Times bestselling author. With Guillermo del Toro, he co-authored The Shape of Water, based on the same idea the two created for the Oscar-winning film. Coming soon is The Living Dead, a posthumous collaboration with legendary filmmaker George A. Romero. Ooh, cool. Lena Rina Hyber is an actress, ghost tour guide, and award-winning best-selling author of Gaslamp fantasy novels such as Strangely Beautiful, Magic Most Foul, Eternal Files, and Spectral City series. She's been featured in films and television shows like Mysteries at the Museum. Bill Fawcett and Associates has packaged and edited over 400 science fiction novels and two oral histories of the Navy SEALs. He co-authored the official Mycroft Holmes Mysteries and has written almost a dozen books, many on mistakes in history. He founded Mayfair Games and designs board and computer games. Actor and voiceover talent D.C. Douglas is best known as the voice of Albert Wesker in Resident Evil franchise. Legion in Mass Effect 2 and 3. 
Chase and Transformers Rescue Bots, as well as countless films and TV shows. Most recently, Sharknado 2. Kevin Nolan is a comics artist who works as a penciler, inker, colorist, and letterer. He has been called one of the few artists who can be called artist's artist, a master of the various disciplines of comic production, from design to draftsmanship to dramatics. William Hayasi is an award-winning screenwriter, author of short stories and novels, and has been the host of the Genesis Science Fiction Radio Show. Jenna Garrett is a proud member of the Giant Size Team-Up Network. She hosts the show Craft Booze and is also a co-host of the weekly podcast Panelology. Dan Fraga is the director and comic book artist whose career as a storyteller started in the late 1991 when he was hired to join the newly found Image Comics. Over the span of his 28-year career, Fraga has worked on a number of comic industry's top titles. Roxanne Henkel, a.k.a. Rox of Spaz House, is Need Coffee's Director of Zine Studies, as well as a podcaster on Weekend Justice and co-host on 50 Days of Dragon Con. Max 50 per- Days. 50 Days. Wow, <laughs> that's a lot. <laughs> oh, those guys are lightweights. You know, we, <laughs> we, do, we, we do nine months of Dragon Con. 50 mm. Days, we could do that in our sleep. True. Max Pearl, author of the television on the Wild Wild Web, co-hosts DC's Action Arrow, co-hosts the podcast Gene Treatment, and creates web series and films. Kristen Gibbon is one of the founding members of the Giant Size Team Up Network's evergreen show Botched, a D&D podcast. Science teacher and educator advocate Lila DeRosier promotes youth involvement in science through student writing, art, and outreach. She tackles themes of science and diversity in sci-fi, fantasy, and horror. Evan Bernstein is a co-host of the award-winning science podcast, The Skeptic's Guide to the Universe. He is also a co-host of Which Game First, a board game podcast. Author Mary Abreu has worked as a seamstress for the film and TV industry, including Fox's Sleepy Hollow, and has wardrobe department credits on two short films. And that is it, folks. That's plenty. Oh. That, uh, and we're just getting started. Oh. That's just the beginning oh. of, uh, of the list of guests that uh, we're going to be bringing you uh, in the months to come. But uh a lot of uh, a lot of uh, great friends of the station. A lot of uh, folks that are on the ESO network are, are already uh, been uh, named as guests this year or attending pros, and that's that's uh, I'm really proud of all those people, and I'm proud to, to and I'm honored to know them. Truth. A word from Mike Gordon. Even favor. Even favor. Even favor. Even favor. Okay, I can look at that. All right, even the so, favored. Aw. Well, you know, if we have any listeners left that aren't like too drunk after uh, that, <laughs> after all hey, that we we did pretty darn good. We I don't think we messed up all that much. Yeah, towards I, the end we got tired. Our yeah, we did. Got tired. Our tongues got tired. <laughs> but after editing, you, no one here is going to notice anyway. Well, so. sweet. I love I love it when you edit. That's great. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, very cool. Well, thanks guys for reading off that extensive list, and uh, we will be right back and. We'll have a couple people join us and we'll talk all about some helpful tips for this year's Dragon Con. The answer. The ultimate answer to fandom, geekiness, and everything is 42. That's right, Broad Speculation, and on the 42 cast, we bring you drama-free discussions on television shows, movies, video games, novels, and comics. 
So don't bother thinking about the question. Just go straight to the answer. It's only on the 42 cast. Your ultimate answer to fandom, geekiness, and everything. Welcome back, everyone. And now it's time to talk about some basic tips, recommendations that we have for folks going to Dragon Con this year. Uh, and with us to help us out, we've got Kim and Sue from the Dragon Con Newbies Group. Welcome to the station. Hi, how's everybody doing out there? So great to be here for another year of con prep. Absolutely, absolutely. We're glad to have you. Um, now, um, for those people who may not know, uh, Kim, we'll start with you. Um, what's your experience with Dragon Cons? Like, uh, wh- how long have you been going, and uh, what are you what are you up to? Well, um, I'm a volunteer at the convention. I work on the science fiction literature track. I have been going to Dragon Con for 31 years. That's a that's a long time. <laughs> it is. <laughs> I, I salute you. <laughs> Uh, and, and Sue, what about you? Uh, this past year was my 10th Dragon Con, and uh, I am also an eternal member. The last couple of years, I've been an attending pro, and um, I do a lot of panels. I think my, my high watermark is 19 panels in a single convention. Yes, you, uh, I've had the honor of sharing panel and, uh, <laughs> yes. panel tables with you. So, um, so I am glad to have you both with us. And of course, you guys are both part of the newbie group, right? Yes. Um, and you guys must get a ton of questions uh, all the time about Dragon Con. Um, start with you, Kim. What's the sort of main question that you think you get, like at this time of year in particular? Um, this time of year, we get a lot of questions about hotels. Mm, yes. We get a, so, lot of, so, a lot of hotel questions. So obviously the, 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 the easy answer is there's nothing, right? <laughs> no, that's, that's actually not true. There okay. still is space available in overflow hotels. Sure. And there are still possibilities of blocks of rooms being released by the uh, host hotels. Um, we recommend that you join. There's a couple of groups on Facebook. There's DragonCon Rooms, and there's a DragonCon Ride Share and Room Share group. And we suggest you check those out, as they're good resources for finding out when rooms are going to be available. And also the official DragonCon website, if, uh, Facebook, if you're not signed up with it. Excellent, excellent. Anybody else, uh, while we're on the subject of hotels, anybody else, uh, (laughs) certainly if you're at this point, you're thinking about going or you've already got your membership and you're going to Dragon Con, uh, but you don't have a hotel, um, any other uh, sort of ideas that uh, anybody else has about that? Well, there are several more Facebook resources. Um, The one that I like to point people to personally is a page. It's not a group. So it's just informational. You're not going to be distracted by conversation. And that is the Dragon Con Hotel Connection page. And that is an excellent resource. They always make sure to post as soon as they know that blocks are opening up. Um, There is, I think, a a Klingon room share group as well. Um, (laughs) Really, the thing is about about trying to find a hotel, you just got to get to the city. You know, if you're going to probably, once you're at the con, leave your hotel room and not go back to it for the whole day because there's just so much to do. So if you have to stay a bit farther away because you decided to come late, it's not the end of the world. You'll get closer next year. 
a lot of it actually a good place also is if you're still looking for hotel rooms is down by the airport. There's tons of stuff available down there and it's right on the MARTA line usually. Yeah. The one thing to note about the, about specifically finding hotel that's close to MARTA or the public transportation in Atlanta is that it does stop running at a certain point. So if you stay out late, you're going to be taking a cab back to your hotel. Exactly. And another good resource is that a couple, I just discovered last year, but people have been doing it for years already, is Airbnb. I have heard a lot of people using Airbnb for Dragon Con. I have also heard a lot of horror stories for Airbnb at Dragon Con. I believe it was the first year they operated in Atlanta. A bunch of people didn't realize what weekend it was. And a lot of con attendees had their Airbnb is canceled, and then they were relisted at a much higher rate, which, Ooh, of course, is yes. not supposed to happen on Airbnb, but it certainly does. So you are, uh, because it is less regulated, you are certainly more secure with a official hotel, not like a con hotel, but an actual hotel rather than an Airbnb. But I also know plenty of people who've had great experiences. And also don't go a lot of times, a little secret I'll put out there is don't just go by Marriott's website or, you know, stuff like, or Hilton or Hyatt or whatever, go to something like Kayak, which will search all the hotels, all the different chains and such. Uh, It also looks at other websites to get you the best deals for the prices and such. And it's a really, really great resource. Yeah, and I would also uh, recommend using, um, you know, the either the uh, uh, official or uh, unofficial DragonCon Facebook group uh, or the newbies group to to ask around. If you are interested and have questions about a particular hotel, nine times out of ten, somebody's already stayed at that hotel that's been to DragonCon. <laughs> <So>. Yes, yeah. <laughs> One thing we do not allow uh, roommate searches in the newbies group. FYI, so gotcha. don't come in looking for sense. a roommate. No, there but, there are other groups for that. Yeah. Yeah, that could get quite insane. But uh, if, you, <laughs> you guys, <laughs> if you are focused, just really quickly, I know there's so much to cover, but if you are really focused on getting a host hotel room in one of the, the main hotels of the convention, um, the, the number that you want to call is that hotel's in-house reservations line. You don't want to call the 1-800 number for the, you know, countrywide, nationwide booking reservations. You want to call the local Atlanta hotel and make sure you're talking to in-house reservations. And when you do that, the best thing you can possibly do when speaking to somebody is to be nice to them. Um, Uh, I will give you a quick personal story, and that is that several years ago when uh, the hotels were still booked with res key or pass key or whatever it was, Uh it was terrible. And the thing crashed all the time. I was on the phone with the Hyatt, and I was speaking to somebody at in-house reservations, And I was nice to her, and I told her I'd stayed there for the last several years. There was nothing she could do for me on that phone call. But a couple hours later, my phone rings, and it is an Atlanta phone number. So I answer it, and it's the woman I spoke to earlier in the day. And she said, I just have a room open up. Do you want it? Oh, wow. Because I was the only person that day who called and was nice to her. And added to that. That's the year that the Hyatt went to Legacy Reservations. So I have a Legacy room at the host hotel because I was nice to somebody in house reservations. It pays. It pays to be nice, people. There, there's, there's all evidence of that. 
Um, Dan, uh, can you think of anything off the top of your head uh, or in your experience that would be a good, helpful tip for people going to Dragon Con? Sure. Well, first, I, I want to clarify a terminology that was used about overflow hotels. Uh, DragonCon works with two types of hotels. We deal with our host hotels, and then we deal with our partner hotels. And the relationship with the partner hotels has gotten closer and closer every year. And as folks were talking, I was looking through the list of the partner hotels that we have already confirmed for this year. And we're probably looking at adding maybe a half dozen or a dozen more partner hotels before the, before we get to the convention. Uh, and many of them have rooms available at pretty reasonable rates. And these are hotels in the area. Um, and, and we're not talking about down at the airport. Uh, you know, just, just, uh, the Ramada down the road, the Ritz-Carlton, um, the Hotel Indigo still has rooms available. Uh, Hilton Garden Inn, rooms available. So um, go take a look at that DragonCon travel page, which is dragoncon.org slash travel. Take a look at the hotels. And they do list the host hotels, which are which are all at this point uh, unavailable, but there's plenty of those overflow hotels that people can take advantage of. Get that Dragon Con rate, be part of of the Dragon Con scene. So, uh, oh, just to let you know, right now only two of them are sold out. Excellent. The Twelve and the Holiday Inn Express. That is great information to know. Thank you. And and uh, so, do you have any other uh, basic uh, tips for, uh, that are not hotel related? Uh, you know, the, the one thing I want to remind everybody is that as we're recording this towards the end of February, we're just over, just over six months away. And if you want to do what I want to do this year, which is wear a really cool costume, now's the time to start working <laughs> on it. Uh, <laughs> You're so funny. <laughs> I... I am only allowed. I am only allowed to wear one costume at Dragon Con. Uh, I got permission for it. Uh, normally, I just dress as Obadiah Stane the entire convention. But uh, I, I, uh, I got myself a Star Wars Rex costume from uh, the yes, um, Star Wars Rebels. It's it's a character that when they announced the character was being added to the show and, and pictures were shown, people legitimately asked me if I had been involved with the modeling of, of the character. So uh, I've got my, I've got it in a box on a shelf in my bedroom. I just have to get it painted and get it put together. Um, but I'm starting now, so I'm going to be ready for Dragon Con. Yes, well, it is, you know, I know the best uh, intentions. I know a lot of uh, customers would love to start now. Uh, unfortunately, that's... <laughs> hey, you. it never How hurts as a reminder, right, there. We have other events before then. <laughs> it is <Yeah>. not August <laughs> yet. We sir. have other events before then. Uh, Even though here in Atlanta, it's been feeling like it's late, <laughs> late spring, early summer. That's true. Right. You know, but it's not, folks. You know, it's still February. Uh, Darren, what uh, what uh, helpful tip do, can we get from you? For, uh, for Dragon Con. 
Yeah, for Django, what's that? Um, buy your badge. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. always helpful. Make sure you're, you've already paid. Um, since I'm more the party guy, I guess my tips go towards partying. Um, make sure you know your limits before you come to the con. Dragon Con is not the time to experiment with your alcohol consumption. You need to kind of know where where you can go and where you can't go. Start, exer- start <laughs> exercising your liver now. It's too much. <laughs> yes. I'm in, sister. And in fact, start exercising now. Start exercising, period. You're going to be walking all day. If you're not walking, you'll be standing. So your legs, it, every day is leg day between now and Dragon Con, pretty much. Or you're going to pay for it on Friday morning. Yeah. When you roll out of bed after Wednesday night's party at the Pulse Bar, and then Thursday all day, and Friday morning, you'll start to feel your legs are going to tighten up, and you're going to be moving like um, Tim Conway, that old man. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I can. That'll I, be you. I can, you I can relate. I can relate. Um, so make sure you stretch it out. <laughs> Excuse me, Darren. What if yeah. you start off in that position? <laughs> Then I believe Dragon Con has people to assist folks who are in wheelchairs and ECVs. There you go. Um, because you will be in one pretty much by Saturday. Uh, also, I love it's that a segue. <laughs> that was awesome. Uh, it is a also a uh, uh, great chance to um, uh, promote uh, Michelle and her crew that do the Drop by Dragon Con. Uh, group on Facebook. It's not just about, you know, a goal for Dragon Con itself, but it's just uh, a better better way for you to sort of learn to live healthier. Naturally getting back in the, the healthy lifestyle. Absolutely. So, so, yeah, we'll definitely have a link for that as well. In other words, treadmills are not just to put laundry on. So, God. <laughs> yeah. That makes sense. That is true. Yeah. It's true. Yeah. why are you coming for me so um remember the we get your we out hey that's personal hey 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 it's a podcast no one can see this yeah just get 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 ready for a lot of activity and we typically tend to be a sedentary group we watch movies we play video games we read books right it Dragon Con is your athletic event of the year. It's the marathon for geeks. It's true. So you cannot walk in there after a 72 hour Netflix bender on Umbrella Academy and Lock and Key. It's not going to work well for you. In all friend. honesty, last year, I think at least three of the days of Dragon Con I had at least 25,000 steps. Easily. Yeah, easily. Easily. And most of it's oh, yeah. hills. Yeah. It's not flat. For people who've never been to Dragon Con, Atlanta nope. is not flat. Nope. <laughs> FYI. Uh, uh, oh. looking at, you're looking at your schedule going, I'm at the Hilton, and I need to get to the West End. Yeah, I'm skipping <laughs> that panel. What's in the Hilton that And it's going to be hot. you got to remember to hydrate. Yeah. Humid. Humid. Yeah, hydrate is one that's, yeah, that should be at the top of the list. Hydrate, hydrate, hydrate. And, and then if you are a cosplayer and you've never been to Atlanta before, the weather oh. is unpredictable. It will be 98 degrees at 11 a.m. And then it will be torrential downpour at 2.30 p.m. Maybe. I <laughs> hope you're prepared. Yeah, possible. <laughs> Maybe. I'm going to throw this out that in the 13, 14 years I've been going to Dragon Con, I only remember two rain events. 
No, and I want to put, hold on a second. I learned my first Dragon Con that the fastest way to get anywhere is to get out of the building, go down Baker Street, and go to the next hotel I want to go to. So I'm not inside as much as you think I am. Well, how have you missed all the it, storms? It's, it's a pain <laughs> in the ass, truthfully, when you're trying to get from one of like the Marriott to the Hilton and they close the sky bridge because of thunderstorms. I'm pretty and sure it has rained every year I've gone. Never like a downpour. Yeah. It, yeah. Or like, oh, it was a downpour like two oh, years ago. Oh, I remember one time I was going across the, one of the sky bridges and looking and you know how they have the cosplayers on Cortland going to, mm-hmm. over to the Sheraton and such and all of a sudden a clap of thunder and literally everyone scattered like, you know, <laughs> It was just like, <laughs> but the, the tip about getting in shape and walking, a lot of people laugh that off and don't do that, right? That is something that I think a lot of newbies do not understand is the literal scale of this event. We take over what, a square mile of downtown Atlanta, something like that. You will yes. be walking between buildings. You will be walking up and down hills. Even if you've attended like a San Diego Comic-Con or a New York Comic-Con, you might understand the density of people, but you're not going to understand how far that spreads. Oh, so you're completely right. It's basically, you know, we're just not five hotels and some of them are not connected by sky bridges. There's also now, you know, the America, two America smart buildings. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And to that point, and even oh, if you're not, wa- hang on a second, Mike, 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 Mike. Yeah. This is exciting. You left out 200 peach tree. Ooh. Yeah. Oh, that's right. That is completely right. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Well, that's right nearby the Westin, isn't it, Dan? That is. It is on the other side of the Westin. We've got yes. another okay. building. <laughs> and And another point, <laughs> too, is that even if you're not walking, for a lot of us, you're going to be standing in line for a long time. So you're going to be on your feet a long time. Uh, you're going to be walking up escalators. shoes are a must. Oh, yeah. Escalators <laughs> break down quite a bit also. At Dragon Con. <laughs> While we're on the topic of escalators. Get <laughs> oh, my God. Do not stop <laughs> at the bottom. Or worse, do not stop on a stairwell and look at your phone when there are a horde of people who are going to plow into you and send you rolling so is- down the stairs. Do not this do is this. another you thing people die. don't understand when they don't live in highly populated areas. I work in Times Square, New York City, so I deal with this literally every day. There is always going to be somebody walking immediately behind you. If you stop, always. that person will plow into you. Don't stop. If you got to stop, you got to pull over. Pull over. It's just like traffic. Move to the yeah. move to the wall. And folks, do, do wall. not stop in the sky bridges. No, oh, no don't don't do no. it. Don't no. do it. Here's the thing: <laughs> if you are physically able, you take the stairs or the escalators. You let a person with a disability on those elevators. They get first dibs. Totally. You get out of their way because they can't take the stairs or the escalators. You can. That's fair. That's fair. Uh, Mike, do you have uh, any tips that uh, we haven't mentioned yet? No, you guys have been doing a great job. It's pretty darn awesome uh, what you guys have been saying. Um, But 
Hold on. I forgot the biggest tip. I forgot the biggest tip. Well, that's what Sorry. you always say. All right. Yeah. yeah, just the tip. Just the tip. <laughs> oh. <sighs> Folks, two real meals yes. a day. One shower. One shower with soap and deodorant and carry your deodorant stick around yeah, don't with use you. just wipes. Come on. And at least six hours of sleep a night. Please try to die. It doesn't even have to be during the night. It can be during the afternoon, during the day. But get six hours, folks. And also remember. Sorry, Mike. Remember. No, remember also. Hydrate, hydrate, hydrate. Yes. I know somebody who's sitting, and I'm looking at him right now, who didn't hydrate enough. (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, he, he paid for it, too. I, I I've had one year I didn't hydrate enough. You saw me in that oh, costume. Oh God! I in. Yes, I was sweat. I was sweating buckets. I'm like, I need water. And the and I first need water time yesterday. I wore a steampunk costume to Dragon Con, I was you know corseted and all this other garbage, and mm-hmm. I didn't want to have to deal with going to the bathroom, so I didn't purposely didn't anything all day no oh, oh you bet Sue, girl. no no so stupid don't do that <laughs> and your costumes need you need to be able to get out of your costume on your own to go yeah. to the back. yeah that's important because this dj spider is, is fond of saying the pp dance is not <laughs> but sexy. We, i mean we talked about the physical scale of the event the amount of space it takes up but the the time scale you know again as as compared to other conventions, they might program, you know, from 10 a.m. to 7 p.m., maybe 8 p.m. Oh, DragonCon is oh. programmed every day, 24 hours, literally 24 hours. So when we yep. say go and get some sleep, something. you're going to have to make a sacrifice and go and get some sleep. And like you said earlier, Sue, you you basically you know said like with if you're familiar with San Diego, New York, Emerald City, these are in convention centers, and they close the convention center. Sometimes they go as late as midnight or something. Dragon Con goes all night long because mm-hmm. they're in hotels, and you have to be aware of that. That there's always something to do and plan accordingly. You know, you know. Be sure you're making time to rest and to chill because you might have your schedule packed. Um, You know, I'm going to do panel after panel after, you know, speaker after panel, after music, after wrestling, after blah, 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 blah. There's all this different stuff out there, but you're only going to end up doing 10% of it just because there's so much to do. Mm -hmm. You're going to miss stuff. Yeah, exactly. and it's going to take time for you to walk through the crowd to get you to your next destination. Do not assume you're leaving a 2.30 panel. You're going to have lunch at 2.35 to 3.30 and then get to your 4 o'clock panel at another hotel somewhere across <laughs> the, the campus. There. That's a no, that will not, not happen. I swear that to you. That will not happen. Um, <laughs> but I've been at it for 10 years. <laughs> it's it's possible, but I mm, it's there's made, but, made the yeah. about it that I'm not going across campus. I'm what's what's happening here. That really does happen. You get to a point. It's a different point for every person. For me, yeah, well, your legs for, for me out. personally, it's usually Sunday afternoon where if it's not a panel I'm on, <laughs> I'm looking at my schedule and um, it's I'm always in the Hilton when it happens. <laughs> <I'm> like, <laughs> 
<laughs> I'm not going to the West End right now. That's just not going to happen. What's <laughs> happening on Space Track? <laughs> Actually, I just had a friend ask me, going, can we take an Uber from the Sheraton to the West End? I'm like, I, I'm too tired to call <laughs> That is awesome. But the other I, thing, also, don't plan on camping out in one of the ballrooms because mm. David Tennant's going to be followed by Patrick Stewart. Yep, they cl- they yeah. clear Can those rooms. It's not like if they did that. Oh my god! Oh god, I saw it in San Diego with all H. It's you just know, horrible. At Dragon Con, if the yeah. if the atrium ballroom had David Tennant and then Patrick Stewart back to back, it would be a riot. <laughs> Everyone would be at the Hyatt. <laughs> oh man! But yeah, yeah, and it's true. Dan, is there anything uh, else that comes to your mind as far as helpful tips? Well, I, I, I've heard, like Mike uh, said, I've heard a lot of really good tips so far today. Um, but I like the uh, keeping track of the social media, uh, especially for newer folks. Um, having recently, as I mentioned earlier, I got to hang out with some folks who, this is their second, second Dragon Con coming up. And they're still pretty new. And I know for myself, uh, you know, by the time I hit my third, fourth Dragon Con, I knew what I was talking about. But that, those first two, even after being once, I still needed to find out a lot. So go to the website, go to um, DCTV, uh, watch some of their their stuff. Because I, I don't know if you know this, but DCTV is expanding this year and adding a whole new branch of reporting where they're going to be covering the con like they haven't done it before. So we'll get the crazy old videos that we used to get with the songs and, you know, who knows what Tommy Berg's going to bring us, but uh, then we're, we're going to have the, the new content creation uh, that we always had, the little bit of those, you know, goofy sketches that they show before the masquerade. Uh, and then we've got a division that does nothing but make sure that the signals get through the hotels and get out to the internet. Uh, and then we've got this new covering of the convention. Uh, obviously, Crispy's been doing uh, interviews for a long time, and, and those have been been great. But but this is a whole new wrinkle, and, and we're really excited to see how that works out. That's really awesome. DCTV uh, and Tech Ops together, I think, are the biggest heroes of Dragon Con. And also, you know, to throw in, and not a little bit of self-promotion for Sue and Kim, but they do an amazing New Beats tour uh, on Thursday, starting, I think, last year. Didn't it start, like, early afternoon? One o'clock. We started at one o'clock. Wow. And how late did you guys go? The last group, I believe, went out about 4.15 or 4.30. 4.15 or 4.30, yeah. Yeah. And these were all full groups of, like, at least 20 people. Yeah, and they went out oh, about every five minutes or so. It, it sort of peters off towards the end as fewer people meander into yeah. the room. But... So here's my question for the people yes. who took them out. I'm assuming y'all, too, took so them out. How tired did they look <laughs> when they were done with the one so circuit? The when. When our tour guys tire. Back, okay. Uh, we can <laughs> okay, always, the tour route is about a mile. I'll admit that. <laughs> we can always use more tour guides, by the way, if there are any <laughs> longtime attendees who want to help us out on Thursday afternoon. But um, yeah. 
a lot of them come back and they'll take out two, three, probably not four. I don't think there's time to do four. No, we've never had, we've never done four. Nobody's ever done four. I did three and I lost my voice on the third one. Every time a group comes back, there's always another group ready to go. Uh, But every time a tour guide comes back, I try and give them a break (laughs) and I try and say, are you, are you okay to take another group out? Um, and pretty much unless they have somewhere else to be, unless they're a volunteer that has to go set up a track room, everybody generally says yes. And they'll, they'll do as much as they possibly can, because I mean, we all remember what it was like to be totally awestruck your first time at Dragon Con. Yeah. Last exactly. year we had, I want to give a shout out to the tour guides. Okay. Last year we had 38 people that volunteered to be tour guides and wranglers for tours. So they make that possible and really awesome. love those folks and appreciate it. And exactly. Like last year I got back from one of mine and Sue was like, Mike, do you need oxygen? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I, I just looked at uh, my numbers from last year and we estimate that we took 565 newbies out on tours wow. in those, what, three, three and a half hours. I applaud you guys big time. That's that's an awesome service. Um, and uh, yeah, that's only something. When did that start? Because that hasn't been, that's only been like three or four years, right? Have you guys been doing that for a while? No, so- we've been on the schedule, I want to say for four or five years. Okay. Yeah, and then yeah I think five years. Impromptu for the two, two years. years. I did two years before it was on the schedule. And then five, yeah, seven years. That sounds about right. Um, the other thing I wanted to make sure we point out too, is that, uh, you can, people, uh, who are interested in going to Dragon Con can be involved right now. Um, all the tracks, um, a lot of them are on social media. A lot of them are, uh, open to ideas about panels. Uh, they're looking, uh, to ask people about, uh, potential, uh, guests that uh, would be cool for their tracks. Um, if you want to make sure that a certain subject or topic uh, is going to be at DragonCon presented in a track, now's the time to let those track directors know. Um, and certainly if you have any interest in helping out, um, uh, all the track directors up until that weekend are always looking for volunteers. So um, it's never too early to get involved with individual tracks uh, as well as the con itself, because they're always looking for people. Hey, Mike Gordon, yes. I want to add something to what I just heard you say. Um, today, somebody called me up, and he's an agent who represents a major celebrity from the 80s who is now creating a comic book. I can't discuss who it is. But uh, even with my senior role at the convention, I did what I recommend everybody do. If there's somebody you want to come to Dragon Con, send them the guest application. The vast majority of our celebrity guests, just like our other guests, come to DragonCon because they apply through the guest application. It is the fastest way to get in front of the guest committee. So if there's somebody you like um, who's out there doing cool stuff that would be appropriate for DragonCon's Phantom, go ahead and, and, and send them that link. And it's an easy accessible from DragCon. So go to DragCon.org, hit participate, and then uh, guest. And the guest application is there. 
Yeah, and it is a different scenario uh, system than a lot of other conventions, uh, certainly that I've been to. I know a lot of other uh, folks that I talk to who are guests at other conventions, when I ask them if they are interested or if they've ever done Dragon Con or, or if that's on their radar, they're like, oh, well, if Dragon Con wants me, they'll contact me. It's like, that's not the way <laughs> Who's this on works. First like, no, no, you have to reach out and <laughs> fill out an application and, uh, and let Dragon Con know that you're interested. Mm-hmm. Uh, otherwise, yeah, you're just going to be left outside. Yeah, I have a friend yeah. who does uh, PR for a, a science fiction actor, shall we say. And uh, this friend asked me, you know, who do I get in touch with at DragonCon? And I said, you fill out the guest application. And they said, no, not, not for this person, not for the person I work for. And I said, yes, even for the person you work for. And this went on for quite a while. And, you know, somebody at the office literally wrote back and said, fill out the guest application for her. It's the easiest way. It really is. Uh, and it's not that difficult. Uh, I do it every year. Uh, Mike Faber's done it. You know, it's a pretty easy process. Some people. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> some, some people just drag their feet to do Sheed. it. <laughs> I know, right? <sighs> All right. So boys, uh, boys, boys. as we're winding down, is there anything we've missed as far as like vital information that someone needs to know? I'm sure there is, but we've got more podcasts. So. <laughs> oh, oh, when should wait? Wait, the most important question: When should we start brewing pie? Um, six months yeah. ago. Six <laughs> months ago, dude. dude, dude. Really? You dude. should have already started doing dude. that, dude. Dude, I, dude, I already started that before Christmas. Dude, that was my Christmas break. Come on, you know that. I had 36 bottles already brewed. Come on. Well, I have a fast recipe that I make over the weekend before Dragon Con. It's fine. Dude, that's like drinking castor oil. Come on. It's not castor oil. It just went through you like a pickpocket through downtown Tallahassee. That's all. (laughs) To be slightly more serious, (laughs) one of the things I've noticed over the last several years uh, in the newbies group is that every year there seems to be a different thing that everybody is nervous about. And for some reason, everybody's always nervous about the same thing, but it's a different thing every year. Are they, are they nervous about me? Yes. <laughs> they have a big picture of you behind them. Yep. Sweet. Couple, I love it. A couple years ago, every other question was about the proper weapons policy. Um, oh, the year yeah. before that, it was the Walk of Fame and how do I get stuff signed? Um, so, so every year there's something that people seem to fixate on the, the main piece of advice I have for whatever your question is, is the answers likely out there. It is most likely in the newbies group. So if you are not a member, come join us on Facebook, search the group first. If you can't find your answer, ask the question. Um, what we like to say when we do the Q and A's at Dragon Con is that if we don't know the answer, we will at least be able to point you in the right direction. Don't be afraid to ask. Also, don't forget, throughout the year, Kim will be joining me, Sue will be joining me, and also Mike and Kevin will still have a newbie segment on the show. So if you have questions, of course, they're going to be soliciting right before we do our recordings, usually, um, questions, and they're going to gather up to read to it. I'll be able to read them and we'll have experts, as we like to call them from the newbies group, here right on the DragonCon report. It's pretty awesome. Yes. Yeah, it's a great new feature that we added last year. And I, I thank you guys for, for joining us today. And thank you guys for being part of the DragonCon Report all year round. 
Thank you for letting us be here. Absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, with that, we'll take a quick break and then we'll be right back with an interview with Kaboom. Everyone these days could use a little support, and your friends at the ESO Network are no different with the ESO Network Patreon. The cool thing is, is when you help support us, it's you who will benefit. With four tiers starting for as little as 25 cents a week, you can listen to some of your favorite network podcasts early, hear exclusive content, maybe get some ESO swag, or even possibly take a shot at the geek seat. All you need to do is sign up at patreon.com backslash ESO network. And now joining us for the first time, actually, on, on the, the station is Kavura. She is a cosplayer and podcaster. Welcome. And she's a Dragon Con goer as well, right? Oh, yes, definitely. How are you? How long have you been going to Dragon Con? Well, since 1991. Okay. So almost 29 years now. Goodness. That's, uh, wow, you've got me beat, actually. Uh, as far as, <laughs> now, have you, been, have you been at every one? I have only missed one year, so yeah, almost. Goodness gracious, you, you've you seen a lot of changes. It, yeah, because it, it was like it was at the Hilton when I started going, just one hotel. Um, it was easy to find parking back then, and I, I didn't really need to bother staying at the hotel. It wasn't as crowded, and but it was still a good time. And, and yeah, and I've seen it grown, I mean, immensely, like a hundred times. Oh, yeah, absolutely, yeah. Um, yeah, cause I've been going for about 25 years or so and, and yeah, I, I can only imagine, uh, cause it was, I thought it was fairly big, you know, the first time I went. So now do you recall like the first time that you went to Dragon Con, what drew you to the event? Um, I actually, I went with a friend because she wanted to see some of the writers there, some of the, the um, novel writers, <clears throat> but I thought it would be interesting too, because it was a different kind of con. I, I had usually gone to, you know, Star Trek conventions. Star Trek is my thing. So I went to this one and they had um, a comic book artist. I had, I was into DC comics and, and they had some writers there. Yeah. Like Piers Anthony, a great fantasy writer. So, I mean, th- those were the kind of things that I was interested in. And, and did, was a, was, was costuming a thing then? Were you in costume then? I was not. I mean, I really started costuming uh, more recently, really, like just in the, within the last um, eight years or so. So back then, it was just like just going to panels and having fun. Because I, I noticed the first year that I went, uh, you know, all those years ago, that there was uh, a, like a significant pe- a number of people that were costuming. And I thought, wow, this is amazing. Yeah. That, yeah. And I saw a lot of costumes when I went, too. Um, 
and of course in the 90s was was when the Klingons were so big and there I mean there were a lot more you know of the Klingon costumes they heard that's yeah that was huge yeah yeah Klingons were a huge thing and I I kind of remember that they used to have like uh Klingon like parties um uh, that took up almost the entire floors if I'm mistaken they they were they, the parties they, of legend that they were the rowdy ones yeah <laughs> and, and actually I'm st- <laughs> And back then, I was not in the Klingon Assault Group CAG, but I am in it now. So we are trying to build it back up again. It, it's it's still a lot of fun. So uh, so you went the first year, and then what kept you coming back? Did was it did you make a connection with the convention right away? It was kind of um, it was really just something to do at first. Like the first two years, it was I mean it was nice and it was fun, but but so I was almost thinking like, well maybe. I'm not sure if I want to keep coming back, but what happened was in, um, it was in 1993, so it was only two years later, was when they added the Trek track, and because Star Trek is my thing, I mean, and the Trek track was amazing, I mean, I went that year, you know, this is back when the con was only Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, I only bought a Saturday pass, and there was no internet, so I didn't know they were having the Trek track, but when I went there, and just, I just had so much fun, I was like, oh, I've got to come back. And and the amazing thing was it wasn't even like they, they didn't have um, celebrity actors back then. So all the panels were just fan discussion panels, but it was still awesome. I can you imagine? I mean, it, so it was very different than the way it is now. It's true. Uh, yeah. I mean, because uh, my first one was the, the year just after that it was 94. So um, they starting to get a lot of celebrity guests at that point, uh, a little bit actually, but yeah, there was a lot. Of, I mean, it is, you know, it is a fan run convention and, uh, each one of the tracks is fan run. And I think that, that, that really makes a difference as far as, uh, the convention experience that you have. And I've seen so many tracks, you know, added since then, um, the, the, uh, Sci-fi fantasy, American sci-fi fantasy track. I love that one. And the sci-fi fantasy classics track. And, you know, so many others that cover a whole range of of interests. That's one of the great things about the con. You know, so many people love it. There's so many different things you can do. And, you know, no matter what you're interested in, you know you'll find something. So, uh so the, so it was around that time that you sort of made the decision i'm I'm always coming to this show now yeah, it was when, once they added the track track yeah. <laughs> but then and also i like there was one year I think it was ninety six when I volunteered on on the track track, but that was also the year that Dragon Con got a lot of bigger and and added more tracks that I was interested in. So I really, and then I, I didn't really want to volunteer anymore because I wanted to be to be free to go around and see all the other stuff that was there. So that was when the con got even bigger when, and it had even more stuff I wanted to see. So, uh, so you've seen it grow a lot. Um, and is that, uh, would you say better, worse? I mean, obviously you're still coming, right? So it must still contain that, that, that sort of specialness for you. It does. It, it, um, I mean, even though it's, I mean, it's grown so big now that a lot of people have dropped out, you know, I mean, I hear people say I used to go to Dragon Con, but it's too big for me now. And, and I get that too. And, and, um, it, and it really is a hassle, like going through the crowd, but, but, you know, but it's still fun. And you still, you, you, you put up with a lot of stuff because you want to do this. You want to go 
you want to, you actually want, I mean, for me, I like to see the crowd just because I know that that, that adds to the excitement. Like, oh yeah, this is huge and I'm a part of it, you know? And so, I mean, I, I kept going back and then I, and I later started doing, um, you know, other things besides the panels, like doing the um, cosplay and the photo shoots and the parade. And there's just so much you can do now. And you've and you've participated in all of that uh, over the years. Yes, I've done um, a lot of that. Um, my, my big thing is like seeing the celebrity panels, but I also like to do the um, you know the parade is is so much fun. And I've only started doing the parade in the last uh, five years or so. But yeah, it's just a lot of fun being in the parade and the uh, the photo shoots. Being in there, like going in costume and, and getting to pose, and which which I always thought I'm kind of like I'm not as good at like trying to figure out how to pose in my costume, but it's part of the costume, you know. I, I did like Deco Punk Wonder Woman one year, and it's like okay, do that, you know. You gotta you gotta be a superhero, be Wonder Woman. <laughs> it was so much fun. Very nice. What year was that? That was um, it was only like two or three years ago. Oh, cool. And, uh, and so do you, now when you do your costumes, is it something that you sort of, uh, have a set, uh, costumes that you're going to be doing, bringing every year? Do you do try to mix it up? Uh, have you, are you already planning for your costumes this year? Well, my, my husband, Nayar and I, we like to, um, we like to couple cosplay most of the time. And, um, we do have some things in mind because, because we, like, there, there's things that we didn't get to do last year that we wanted to do. So it kind of got rolled over to this year. So we're, we still have some things we're working on. And we do, um, of course, we do like Klingons. And um, and we did we did the Watchmen last year. And we have done like the um, Joker and Harlequin uh, gender bender. So I was Jokerette and he was Harley. And so it's just a lot of fun. And, and of course, the you know, it's so hot at Dragon Con. Hmm. Um, a lot of times we only cosplay at night because it's a little bit cooler at night and costumes, most costumes are hot. You know, they they usually cover your whole body, especially when we're doing stuff like Joker with the the face makeup and everything and having to wear a wig, it gets really hot. So, so uh, most of it, most of our cosplays are at night when we can help it. But, um, I mean, I mean, we do whatever we can think of and just whatever that, whatever, comes to mind that we think we can we can make and build we we do a lot of it ourselves except for things like the starfleet uniforms which we order things like that with uh with all your experience at the con uh is there one uh particular memory that that uh you hold dear the memory you know I mean, when, when they had um, William Shatner and Leonard Nimoy on stage together, I mean, that was just awesome. That that was just the, that, it was the biggest thing. I mean, almost re- really the biggest thing for Dragon Con that they had had at the time, I think. So, so it was just really cool. And it was only, and it was shortly before Leonard Nimoy passed away, too. That's true. So it was just great to see them together and, and their friendship on stage together. Yeah, that was really special. I remember being really surprised after once they they acquired those two. I thought, well, there's because prior to that, I think I was thinking, 
wow, you know, certain actors probably, you know, certain celebrities wouldn't come to Dragon Con. But after that, it was kind of like, well, they can get anybody. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And they well, have. well, yeah, because when, um, when actors started coming to Dragon Con, it seems like they had the, um, the the less popular actors, and later on they were able to get the the more popular actors. So they kind of they built it up that way too with their celebrity guests. Well, um, I know that uh, you know. In addition to the costume, you do a lot of other conventions. You have uh, your own podcast, so uh, and I know you're talking all about Dragon Con on that, correct? Uh, yes, we do. Um, so we have um, our podcast is Starpod Log, and then we have some offshoots of that. But Starpod Log is where we talk about uh, mostly classic sci-fi uh, TV shows, movies, games, comics, and and we also talk about our current cons that we just went to. And then we have Starpod Trek, where we talk about anything on Star Trek. And we just added uh, StarPod Log Radio, where we talk about music and how it relates to um, being a geek and music that geeks like. Well, I know that it's inspired, obviously, by uh, the magazine Starlog, which is something that uh, I grew up with as well. And, you know, there's a very strong link, I feel, between Starlog and, and Dragon Con. Like, it feels like they're, they're very much uh, linked together. Um, if I like to think that if Starlog had a convention, it would be like Dragon Con, you know, like, <laughs> um, oh, yeah. uh, because it just covers all sorts of fandoms and it's so inclusive. Um, and at least yeah. that's well, what it was for me growing up. Yeah. And Starlog was like our internet growing up. It was how we got the news. And, and actually, you know, Starlog magazine did have, um, ads for Dragon Con because they always had a list of cons coming up. That's true. And yeah, Dragon Con was in it. Yeah. That's true. That's true. I'd forgotten about that. Well, very cool. Well, we'll definitely put a link to uh, to the podcast so that people can check it out. And uh, and then, um, you know, uh, if there's anything else, uh, is there anything else that uh, you you could think of about Dragon Con that makes it so special for you? Well, yeah, of course, just meeting all my friends. You know, you see, there's some people that you, you only see at Dragon Con. So, I mean, and it's just great to see everybody and, of course, to make new friends. But it's always great to see friends. And a lot of times I meet with friends and go out to eat and, and you know, and, and even going to, uh, as groups together, going to see panels together. So meeting with friends is definitely a big highlight. Absolutely. I will agree with that. And, and and you know, to, on that note, uh, meeting you guys uh, every year at Dragon oh, yes. Con has become a, a great thing for me personally. So. It, it's so big and you never know who you're going to see. And you just like run into people and we go, hi, Mike. Hey, great. Yeah, let's take a picture together. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Well, it helps that I have a table so I can like just sort of stay put and watch everybody come to me. But um, that's true. <laughs> but otherwise yeah. it's, it is kind of crazy, but um, well, very cool. Well, thanks for joining us. We appreciate, we really appreciate your time and experience at Dragon Con and uh, we'll definitely check out the, the podcast and, and look for you this year. All right. Great. Thanks. Absolutely. Thank you. And so now we draw a close to our second episode of the 2020 Dragon Con Report. A big thanks to Kavura for joining us, as well as our station crew. Kim, thank you so much for joining us tonight. Thank you, and good night, everybody. 
And and is there any place that uh, you recommend people can find you online? Uh, I can be found on the DragonCon Newbies group on Facebook. Awesome, awesome. And Sue, thank you as well. No, thank you. Uh, same place, or is there anything else you want to shout out about? Yeah, I will certainly be on the DragonCon Newbies group. Um, and if you happen to like feminist analysis of Star Trek, uh, you can hear me on the Women at Warp podcast on the Roddenberry Podcast Network. Awesome show. Awesome show. Thank you. Um, D- Dan, thank you for joining us as well. My my understanding is you will be joining us again periodically as we get closer to the convention. Is that correct? That's right. And if I'm not here, I understand you have access to my assistant director of media engagement, Mary Lou Hu. Yes, she has been a long time uh, host or co-host on this show. And uh, we love Mary. So um, uh, thank you. And we'll split time between you guys this year. And we'll bring more fun stuff as we get closer to the convention. Is there anything you want to shout out about where people should uh, take a look at? Uh, org is a great place to look. And www.dragoncon.org slash media relations. Last year, we changed our URL. I've been using the same one for nine years. Um, or ten years. Ten years, I've been using the same URL. Now we got a new one. Um, so be a reporter at DragonCon. Send your application on the 15th of March. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you. Uh, and thank you, Darren, uh, for uh, obviously being here, as always. <laughs> it's wonderful to be somewhere. And, and, and you know, going, getting through that guest list. Uh, mm, you know, Mary better get her butt back here. It's all I gotta say. <laughs> uh, anything you want to shout out about as well? Um, just Legion of Superheroes is back. Yay. So new issues are being reviewed as well as classic issues on Legion of Substitute Podcasters.com. That's where I'm usually at weekly. And then of course I occasionally share the LGBTQ plus love on uh, the ESO podcast. Yes. We, we love you back. Um, and of course, thank you, Director Faber, for which none of this would be possible. Hey, I'm the one who hits record, so it's always easy for me to do it. Hey, appreciate it. Anything you want to shout out? Yeah, a couple different things. Um, of course, as we said earlier, we are going to, we have a new webpage, dragonconreport.com. So you can find all our old shows up there. But as a little bit of a bonus, we are going to actually start posting DragonCon pictures from over the last probably 10 years i'm going to start posting them up there and if you want to you know share them anything like that feel free to you know tag yourself and you know basically it's going to be a great way for people to share their experiences with dragon con and it's a great way for newbies to see what dragon con's like and you know some some things like oh my god that's what those people do so it's going to be a lot of fun and, you know, we keep on talking about apple pie on the show and such. <laughs> I have a new drink I'm introducing for Dragon Con this year. It's called the Orange Dreamsicle. Ooh. <laughs> uh, recipe for that, too. Be, yeah. be afraid. Be very, very afraid. Yes. Yeah, so that's going to be in my repertoire also. So I think I'm going to start brewing that probably in the next couple of weeks. Wow. Well, in the meantime, uh, we try to cover all we can with these uh, episodes. To keep up with the latest news, please check out the official DragonCon website, all the social media outlets. Like I said, all the tracks are active on Facebook. They have Facebook groups, various social media as well. 
uh, we here can be found on Facebook and Twitter, of course. And as Mike pointed out at the beginning of the show, we can be, you can find the podcast on uh, Google Plus, Stitcher, iTunes, Spotify, and now iHeartRadio. Uh, we want you to be part of the station, so please feel free to join in the discussion on any of those platforms. Uh, be sure to check out the Amazon link at the top of the ESONetwork.com site. Again, it doesn't cost you any more to purchase your stuff, and it really does help us out a lot. We have a T Public store filled with cool designs. There's a link for that at the top of the ESO Network page as well, and of course, a, our Patreon page. Uh, there will be links to all those in the show notes. Thanks for listening. I'm your host, Mike Gordon, and it has been my pleasure. We'll see you at the con. See ya. And we're done. broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping through Amazon.com or the TeePublic store, which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek.